Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. I just want to encourage you this week, Wednesday night, chat with uh, Pastor Ricardo, uh, chat in prayer. We had a good time this last Wednesday. Invite everybody to be a part of that. Now, if we don't have your email address, um, you won't get an invite. And so if you want to send us your email, send it to us through info at journeychurchventura.com and we will get your email address and then we will include that in the invite so you can join us in this great community experience that we have on Wednesday night. It's fun, it's enjoyable. We're hearing stories about people getting involved and we just want to invite everybody that that can to be involved on Wednesday night at 6.30. And so that's going to be a great time. Well, we're in a series called Motivated by Love. And this series just emphasizes the reality of what Jesus is all about. He's motivated by love. I love the passage in Romans 5, 8 that said, God's demonstrate his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a powerful passage that simply says the pure motivation of Jesus is love. He loves us so much that he'll do whatever it takes to redeem our lives so that we can have relationship with him. And so he gets in between anything that creates a barrier. And today I want to talk about two things that I think are really, really important. And these are events following Easter. Of course, Easter we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And here's what's the crazy thing. Jesus didn't just resurrect and go straight to heaven. He hung around for a while. He hung around for a while. And this is what I want to talk about today is why did he hang around? Why did he uh, hang around with us? The reality is, is this motivated by love. God removes our doubt and restores our failures. I think there's two reasons why Jesus hung around is because he was so motivated by love. He wanted to remove the doubt. Had he resurrected and gone straight to heaven um, and no one ever saw him again, that might have created more doubt then uh, answered questions. Had he not come back and helped out some people that were struggling, like Peter, who had denied Christ three times, that might have been a very complicated thing for Peter to overcome his failure of denying Christ three times. And so I want to talk about those two things. Motivated by love, God removes our doubt and restores our failures. In Acts chapter 1, it says this. It says, After his suffering... He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. You hear that? After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave to them, meaning the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. I think that's so important. Motivated by love, he removes our doubt. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. His focus was always, hey, I want you guys to join us in the kingdom. I want you to get to the kingdom and I'm going to make that way, which he did by dying on the cross and raising again three days later. Well, those were convincing proofs. So there were more. In Luke chapter 24, motivated by love, he showed up to two guys on what is called the road to Emmaus. Motivated by love, he appeared to the disciples and ate fish, just like this meal here, while they were hiding in a room, kind of afraid of what might happen right after the resurrection. 
motivated by love in John chapter 20, it says he appeared to Mary at the tomb. When she came to find him at the tomb and give him spices and, and take care of what they would normally do with, with those that have passed away, Jesus shows up and presents himself to Mary. Motivated by love, Jesus appeared to his disciples and he shows his hands, his feet, his side, they were scars. They were no longer wounds, open wounds. But these were realities that Jesus showed up to. And uh, what a powerful, powerful experience for those disciples. Motivated by love, he showed up to doubting Thomas. Thomas, the doubter, he showed up and he had uh, Thomas even touch him to experience the reality that Jesus was alive. Jesus was alive and he's powerful and he's an amazing, amazing God. Well, I want to take you all to another experience in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 25. <laughs> What's up, man? So good to see you. Check it out, dog. I went down to Lich and Wiley's. Are you serious? And I got me some fish, some Pacific tilapia. Tilapia. Uh, and we're going to see it cooked right in front of us while we talk about this story. Dave, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And uh, yeah, as baby. you can see, these are just amazing foods and it, they will all make sense as we go along. He's going to cook up this food right here as we talk. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you're having a good time uh, with us. So here's how it goes. Here's how it goes. In John chapter 21, verses 1 through 25, there's this crazy experience. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. So again, motivated by love, Jesus is realizing after he's already met with his disciples, he's meeting with them again. And we find him in this unique place at the Sea of Galilee. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other <coughs> disciples were together. I'm, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So the disciples, after Jesus had appeared to them already, this was, he'd appeared to them twice already, and um, already from the looks of things, had already kind of made things right with, with Peter. But there was some more work to do. To do. So as a result, Peter, Peter decided, um, we're going to go out and we're going to start fishing. We're going to go out and we're going to fish uh, and, and have a good time. And so other disciples, five other, six other disciples decided to follow him and go with him. But they're out there fishing and they don't catch anything. Now here's something that is common in the human nature. Um, first of all, it's called... Dude, that looks really good. <laughs> it's gonna be good, buddy. That looks really good. I'm gonna put some egg on it, a little bit of flour. You're putting egg and flour. Mm. All right. Oh man, that looks so good. We're gonna have lunch in just a little bit. This might be the shortest sermon I ever preached. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> here's the deal. The disciples decide to go fishing. What's wrong with that? What might be wrong with that? The reality is, is that what they did is they decided to go fishing because that's their comfort zone. These guys were fishermen. 
This is what they did before Jesus called them out of fishing and decided to go fishing for men. And sometimes when we go through difficult challenges and we go through difficult times, we tend to always go back to our comfort zone rather than our calling. In fact, there's a, a little statement that I just want you to, to know. Be careful to know the difference between your calling and your comfort. Be, be careful to know the difference between your calling and your comfort. When we get comfortable, we tend to, or when we get challenged, or when we're sitting at home and we're going through this stuff, you guys hear that? The frying is starting to happen. <laughs> He's coated this with egg and flour, and it's seasoned. Dave, you're this is crazy, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna go. We're gonna keep going, moving on. But we have to be careful not to go back to our comfort zone, but remain in our calling. And Peter and the other disciples were confused. They were still uh, kind of confused about what is that direction that they need to take and you and me when we're without this direction or this clarity that we think Jesus should give us we tend to go back to that thing that is comfortable rather than our calling and so what we find is these guys uh, are fishing they're out there but they're catching nothing they are skunked they're not experiencing anything unlike this fish and unlike Dave when he goes fishing I always hear his stories that he's out there just going crazy uh, catching all these fish. And so in verse 4 it says this, Early in the morning Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Motivated by love, he shows up. He shows up. When these guys need him to show up, maybe you're doubting today. Maybe through this experience you're kind of going, where is God in this whole thing? Where is God in this whole experience? Jesus shows up. And <clears throat> He did the same thing at the beginning of his ministry when he started calling the disciples to follow him. He showed up and he called them out of this, this uh, fishing experience. So in verse 5 he says, he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? And uh, for a fisherman that would be an insult. For a fisherman that would be like, dude, aren't you catching anything? <laughs> you must not be a very good fisherman. And, then he's, and they say, no, they, they answered and he said, Throw your net on the, on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. Your opportunity might only be a boat width away from realizing the blessing of what God wants to bring to you. Here's the reality. You may be out on your own doing your own thing when in reality, if we just hear the voice of Jesus... It might only be a boat width away. How wide's a boat, Dave? Uh, about eight feet wide. Six, eight, eight feet? feet wide. Eight feet away. Eight feet away. These guys are on a boat. It may have been a little bit bigger than that. And they're on a boat. They're fishing. And they're fishing off one side of the boat. And they're catching nothing. And Jesus comes along and gives them direction and says, on the other side of the boat. And they catch a net full of fish. That's crazy. It might only be a boat width away. When we do our own thing, sometimes the fruit isn't there. When we do God's thing, the blessing is all over that. Man, that smells so good. It smells so good. You're warming some tortillas. In verse 7, it says this. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So the, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved was John, who's writing this book. And it says, 
he said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer, outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. If anybody's worried about Peter being uh, undressed or not dressed at all naked, that probably isn't the case. <laughs> After studying this, he probably had either a, a, a loincloth on or some shorts on or whatever it might be, it was just his undergarments, but he was still dressed. But he went ahead and he put this outer garment on. The other disciples, and he, he took it off and he jumped into the water. He jumped into the water. And do you remember when Peter was in the boat and Jesus was walking on water and Peter got out of the boat and walked on water with Jesus? Can you imagine kind of this deja vu experience that Peter's having? But he doesn't care if he's walking on water. He just cares about getting to Jesus. And it says this. It says, he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. That's crazy. Jesus is on the beach and he's hanging out with these guys. And the first thing he does is he cooks up some fish and some bread. That's what this is all about. When G motivated by love, Jesus is going to remove our doubt by showing up, by showing up. And I'll talk about how he shows up in just a minute in our day, in our world. <clears throat> but the reality is he shows up and Peter jumps out of the boat. The disciples follow in the boat, dragging this net of fish along. And uh, they meet up with Jesus and he's got this fire. Now, interesting thing about the fire and Peter. I don't know if you know this, but Peter was around the fire when Jesus was being crucified. And that's one of the moments when he denied Christ. Another deja vu experience. Peter jumping out of the boat, remembering, oh, I, used to, I walked on water with Jesus, getting to shore and seeing that fire and probably going through what Peter's mind is. Man, I let Jesus down the last fire I was at. I let Jesus down the last uh, fire I was at and, and the last time I met up with them. What are you throwing in there? That's a nice sheep head here. A sheep head. Sheep head sounds disgusting. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine Peter going through those emotions? Can you imagine what he's experiencing as he's meeting up with Jesus? He's probably going through all those memories of, of failing, all those memories of, of um, letting Jesus down. He, he said he would never deny Christ, but then he did. And we often tell him, I'm going to deny Christ. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to deny Christ. But then we fail, don't we? We often say, I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm not going to goof up. I'm, I'm going to, and we do. And so here's Jesus showing up in, uh, in an amazing experience. Verse 10 goes like this. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. Do you remember a story? There's a story in, in scripture where Jesus took bread and fish and fed 5,000 people. And another story where he fed 4,000 people with just a, a little lunch pail worth of fish and bread. Can you imagine what the disciples are thinking right now? It's like, whoa, we've been here before. We've been here with this moment of fish, with this moment of bread. 
We've been here. And the reality is, is they're having this experience of understanding that because of the love of Jesus, he's there hanging out with them. He's there loving him. He's there taking care of them. He's there feeding them again. Something that Jesus does in his compassion. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread and gave it, and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Jesus is willing to do whatever it takes to remove the doubt from our lives. He's willing to do whatever it takes to remove that fear, that anxiety that comes when we don't understand what's really going on. These disciples are out fishing. They've gone back to their comfort because they're, they fear what might happen if they follow their calling. But Jesus is there and will always be there to carry us along, to help us along in our times of of fear, of frustration. And so the disciples are going, oh, this is so good. Let's, let's, and they had this great breakfast with Jesus. Bread, fish, that looks really, really good. Looks amazing. We're going to eat that. He, he broke this bread. Can you imagine if when Jesus was uh, hanging out with them, what they were experiencing emotionally when they went through that bread experience? I want to eat this right now, but it won't work in me talking at the same time. In verse 15, there's a transition from this breakfast to a focus on Peter. So he's removed their doubt. He's, he's taken away their, their, their questions. He's real. He's alive. He's, for, Jesus is amazing. He has control over the fish. He has fish and bread. He has all these things going on. And they're all having these real experiences with Jesus. And then he focuses on Peter and he says this. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And one of the most important things in this whole passage is the word these. Do you love me more than these? Do you remember when Peter failed Jesus, he was around people who were putting pressure on him. It was, it was people asking him questions and going, hey, do you know Jesus? And he was afraid of those people. Now he's saying, Peter, do you love me more than people? Do you love me more than the pressure people might bring on you? Are you willing to follow me and to walk after me like no other and to, deny no, to never deny me again? Do you love me more than people? Do you love me more than the pressure that people bring? If you do... Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Another question, the same thing. And then a third time, he goes and says this. The third time he said to him, Simon, Simon son of John, do you love me? Three times. Do you remember? Three times Peter denied him. Three times. He's asking Peter, make a confession. Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Third time, Peter answered. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. The third time seems to get to that breaking point where it goes from the denial to the victory. I don't know how many times we may have to go through having Jesus forgive us 
coming back to that, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? No matter how many times he asks, he's willing to forgive. He's willing to let us get over the problem that we have. And Peter made it clear that he loves Jesus so much. He loves Jesus so much. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter will glorify God. It's really interesting in this passage of scripture that what Jesus is doing is prophesying the way Peter would die. And Peter, what he was afraid of when he was uh, uh, given to people, when he was afraid of people, is now being told that, Peter, you're going to die just like I did. And what's interesting about Peter is we know he was martyred for, for Christ. We know that he, was, uh, he, that he gave his life, that he was put to death, much like Jesus on an upside-down cross to die for Jesus. And then he says at the very end of this, then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Do what I've done. Go where I've gone. And proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to this world. And what is interesting is Peter becomes the, the, the speaker, the face of the beginning of the church. The beginning of, of Christ's movement across this world. And today you and I are impacted by the messages that he would preach later that we'll talk about in the coming weeks. The power of this is simply that Peter has been reconciled. He's been put back together. He's been given his mission again. Yeah, you and I think that if we mess up, that no longer can we fit into the mission of God. If we mess up, no longer can we make it our way there. But the reality is simply this, is that Jesus shows up. He's so motivated by love that he shows up and he wants so much to reconnect and to get us into our original calling yeah we may go to our comfort zone but we need to get into our calling if you have doubts today you need to get over those doubts and ask jesus to say come into my life show up god show up and here's the way i believe jesus shows up is he shows up through different people he shows up through different people who who we can all of a sudden go oh wow that person came into my life so that I could experience Jesus and that so that Jesus wants to show me that he's still alive, that he's still involved, that he's still connected to my life. Who in your life have you seen connect to you? Who, have, who in your life has shown up and you're all of a sudden realizing that wasn't that person, that was God bringing that person into my life. I've had so many times over, over the history of my lifetime and in my faith time and in my failure time of people showing up and all of a sudden I'm realizing, wow, Chuck and Patty were in my life, but it wasn't Chuck and Patty, it was Jesus. Jim Hans was in my life and it wasn't Jim, it was this guy that, that encourages me, that sends a message to me on, on, uh, on my text and says, hey, I'm praying for you today, Ricardo. It's those moments when Jesus, when we're in doubting or when we've failed and we feel like we're no longer worthy of being called into the ministry or, or the direction that God's called us, <laughs> your calling is making fish, man. Your calling is this experience right here. Is this mine? Oh, that's so awesome. 
Jesus just showed up. Jesus showed up. This, this represents, this really does represent the very nature of this message. And that Jesus showed up. And when he shows up, he removes our doubt by, by just being there and, and being the, the Jesus that he is. He, he reminded the disciples of the feeding of the 5,000. He reminded Peter of walking on water. He reminded Peter of his failure. But the reality is that he was there to restore it. Have you been frozen by doubt? Motivated, motivated by love, Jesus will show up in your doubt. Allow God to reveal himself in your circumstance. Allow him to show up. Ask him to. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to show up. I need you to be here with me. Maybe you, you're, you've failed. Maybe you've sinned. Maybe you've made grave mistakes. Um, I can't think of a, a bigger mistake than what Peter made to, to fail and to deny Christ, deny even knowing him. He wants to move you from your comfort or your failure to your calling. He wants to forgive you of your sin, but we have to come to him and say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. And the beauty is he shows up on the beach. He shows up in our lives and he asks us to, to fellowship with him. He, he gives us bread. He gives us uh, sustenance, strength, food, so that we can enjoy life and come back to him in a powerful and meaningful way. Here's what I believe. I believe that what God is doing right now is just coming back and showing up. He's showing up with some fish and some bread to tell you, tell you that He loves you no matter what. That your doubt, He shows up so that, that your doubt can be removed. He shows up with a person like Dave in our lives so that we can experience this, this comfort to know that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. That looks amazing, man. We're going to all eat in just a minute. All meaning that we're still within the social distancing rules. He loves us so much that he shows up. And I can't say enough about what the beauty of what Jesus wants to do in your life this moment. Even as you're watching this video, maybe you're realizing that Jesus is showing up this moment to encourage you that if you're doubting, he's alive. If you failed, He's a forgiving and reconciling and, and build relationship back into our lives. No matter what you're going through, whether you have doubts or failures, God's here to remove your doubt and restore you from failure. Let's pray right now that God will just completely restore anything that's going on in your life. Let's live out what Peter experienced, what the disciples experienced when Jesus showed up and then Jesus restores Peter back to his apostle position. Let's get out of our comfort zone and let's get back into our calling and do everything that God has called us to do, no matter what that is. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to bring this message, to know that when you love us, you will do whatever it takes to help us move forward. These disciples that were consumed by doubt and consumed by fear were, were relieved of that doubt and relieved of that fear because you showed up. Thank you, God. And I pray right now that you would show up in the lives of those that are watching this today. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would move into those rooms, into those living rooms, those offices, wherever it may be. 
at whatever time of day, whatever week it may be from this point forward, that you would encourage those that have doubts to that you show up in their lives and remove that doubt. For those that have made have failed, Lord, we thank you that the work on the cross and the beauty of your resurrection allows us to go, be victors over sin and that we can have our failures restored and that we can be, come back to our original design. Forgive us for going, always going to our comfort zones and allow us to be in our callings and help us to move forward in those areas. Maybe you're a guest today and you uh, haven't had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, we don't always cook on screen, but the beauty of it is, is that uh, Jesus always forgives. And if you, have, if you have a desire to have a relationship with Jesus, Today you can have that relationship. Today you can say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. In fact, I'd like to pray a, a short prayer with you if you'd like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I realize that you died on a cross so that my sins could be forgiven. And today I accept that forgiveness. And I confess my sins. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And that today I have victory over death, hell, and the grave. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. And I thank you for coming into my life. And I accept you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer, you are now part of the family of God. And I welcome you. And I welcome, I ask you to let us know. You can either tell us on a connection card. You can tell us at info at Ventura, uh, journeychurchventura.com or whatever you choose, please communicate. Let us know so we can help you grow in your faith and walk with God. I'm so excited that in just a moment, we're going to eat this fish and some of this bread and put it in a taco and enjoy it. I hope you have a wonderful lunch. If you know anything about me, you know that if I'm preaching about food, it's going to be an inspired message. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.